Hello and welcome to the podcast, What is the Future of Education? Your host today is Felipe Sanchez, who is an educational psychologist and a doctoral candidate in the Department of Educational Research at Lancaster University. His research explores learning theories and teaching experiences focusing on emotions, art-based methodologies and poetic inquiry. Welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to this new episode of What is the Future of Education? Today uh, we have with us Xian uh, Bain from the University of Edinburgh. Uh, she's the director of the Center for Research in Digital Education and she also works with Edinburgh Futures Institute. Welcome. Thank you, Philip. One of the of the issues that we wanted to discuss today with you uh, is about your work with the Dear Futures project uh, there in Edinburgh. Would you mind to uh, tell us a little bit about the project and, and uh, so we can have a little bit of the setting? Yeah, sure. So this was a project that I led between 2017 and 2019, and it was really about working across the whole institution of the uh, University of Edinburgh to develop a vision for the future of digital education at this university. So We worked with about kind of 400 uh, students and staff and we took a very values based approach. So trying to push against some of the more sort of instrumentalizing sort of tendencies of digital education and to ask kind of what is it we actually want from digital at this university. So it was a really interesting project. And I think people were very clear that they wanted us to think about digital education in terms of you know big themes like diversity and, and justice about how does technology help us put relationships first how does it help us kind of center the community uh, of the University of Edinburgh as being um the kind of starting point for for sort of innovation and new approaches so it was a great it was a, it was a really good project there's a um There's a, a full report on it from um, that you can find from, from my website. But um, it, I think it was quite new at the time because not that many people were doing very sort of value, values-based sort of participative approaches to developing university policy, policy strategy and vision. So, it was yeah, it was a useful project to do. And I think it stood us in good stead when the COVID pandemic hit and we um, we needed to really think quite quickly about, about what digital education should be and what it might look like. So. I mean, in that in that sense, you were quite lucky. I I was reading your your paper, the 2021 paper, which is just after the pandemic really kind of hit and, and was starting to come down. And you could tell that it's amazing that you re. I mean, it's a play on words, right? But you really anticipated what you needed to be doing, right? Yeah, we we did we did in a way, and it was um you know obviously the the the, the lockdowns were devastating, but um. It did mean that I think as an institution, we had a fairly solid grounding to kind of think about the so-called digital pivot. I mean, and that's not just from um, near future teaching. That was this university has had about, you know, over a decade of quite heavy investment in digital education um, in various forms. And I think we've kind of built a body of really kind of quite sophisticated expertise within the university because of these very kind of high level kind of funding programs and that's that that kind of that also really helped us because as an institution they have quite a bit of confidence in the way that um in digital technologies for for education so i think we were we got quite lucky at that point yeah i mean as lucky as anyone could have been <laughs> during, the, yeah. during the, the, the pandemics and yeah, yeah le less unlucky maybe <laughs> yeah exactly good way good, um, good way of framing it <laughs> 
Um, so with this kind of project as a framing, um, how do you see the link between your work and education futures? So I think with most of my work, to be honest, over the last kind of um, decade has been focused on education futures in different ways. Um, and I do actually have a I have a role in the university which, as assistant principal for education futures, which is about kind of looking at the kind of big trends and trajectories and shifts and thinking about how we might position ourselves in relation to them. Um, so I, I'd be yeah thinking about this a lot of, for at least 10, 15 years Um I do sometimes worry that uh, digital, that the, the kind of term digital sometimes becomes almost like a proxy for futures. You know, when people talk about the future of education, often it's digital technologies that people think about first. And it, it, in a way, I don't think that's particularly helpful because often, you know, if, we, if we're really having a conversation about the future of education, it's about the underpinning sort of political funding, cultural, social kind of issues that drive the way we think about and value education. So I do worry about that a bit, but um, I, I think in in my research center, so I work with I've got 20 or more fabulous colleagues and PhD students in the center for research in digital education who are all doing different kinds of research on essentially the future, a kind of a socially responsible digital future for education um, from, you know, from preschool to lifelong learning. And I think, you know, as a team, we're very, we're very much focused on on futures. Um, I'm also working with the Edinburgh Futures Institute at the moment, which is a big new kind of interdisciplinary institute opening in Edinburgh uh, next year or later this year. Um, and that's obviously very explicitly focused on on um, the future of education, and what that might look like. So I think with all these kind of these sort of multiple global crises, crises that we're beset by at the moment, my own current focus right now is really around the literatures of kind of hope and utopia and how we might think about a future for education, which isn't about, you know, using digital to deliver faster or more efficiently or better or wider, but actually about how where digital might fit within a new kind of social and planetary contract um, for edu for education. So I'm kind of trying to open up some spaces of, of hope, I suppose, in what feels like a bit of a hopeless um, a, ho a hopeless kind of position at the moment in that there isn't that in education circles, there's not that much around at the moment that kind of uh, we're very much driven by this sort of competitive performance oriented sort of under-resourced system in universities. And I think we do often lose sight of what education is for beyond the kind of employability and skills agendas and so on. And we do need to get better at articulating the value of education and learning, which is, isn't about it being instrumentalized, but about the kind of expansiveness of human thought and how we work with that in educational contexts. You know, I really, really love that that you took the conversation to that side because I really wanted to ask you to kind of develop uh, just a little bit further these ideas of critical anticipation and hope, uh, these kind of takes on the future and the futures of education because you mentioned them briefly on this paper, the 2021 paper, the near future teaching. But yeah, I, I can see that it kind of focuses your 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 perspective. Yeah, yes, it does. And that's kind of work that, I mean, I'm, I'm not a critical anticipation scholar. I guess that would be uh, folk like uh, Kerry Facer or maybe Sarah Hansler, maybe Neil Selwyn kind of talking, have talked more uh, about sort of anticipation. Um, but I think I find it very useful 
to use that work in thinking about at the moment um, the idea of utopia and education. So the, the, uh, the work that I'm currently doing is using Ruth Levitas's kind of utopia as method to understand what a kind of <laughs> what an educational utopia might look like that engaged with digital. And I think one of one of the things I like best about her work, about Ruth Levitas's work, is the way that she sort of uses this idea idea um from Miguel Abansor about the education of desire and about how utopia this is kind of how we think about utopia it's not about developing you know blueprints or master plans for perfect future societies but it's about how do we educate the desire our, our own and others desire for better futures and I think in the in the context of you know those of us working within education itself reframing what we think the purpose of education might be in terms of desire and how we help our students and ourselves to desire differently, to to desire better, um, is a really powerful idea because I think it's around that notion of of desire and desiring differently that we open up new potentials for new kinds of futures. Um, So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at at the moment. Um, Sort of how how do we move ourselves away from, you know, at the moment, the best people... the best people at creating an education desire are the big corporates, you know, you know, the whole sort of machinery of kind of consumerist capitalism, basically. So you said Apple, for example, are fabulous at creating desire um, or educating us to desire new products, um, new devices. Um, in education, have this this is why we need education to teach ourselves how to desire desire differently, because we cannot continue with this kind of cycle of um consumption and waste and not just weight not not just material waste but waste of our sort of intellectual capacities also in, in in this kind of desiring and wanting more and more we don't need to desire more we need to desire differently and I and I, and I think that that's what the kind of um scholarship around utopia offers us uh, at the moment so I mean we could arguably say that in it's in that kind of lane that your work might inform the future of education like do you take this work with the near futures project as kind of a blueprint of how to make this happen university-wide no so near future teaching was never a blueprint and that kind of model of utopia as blueprint is a bit is quite contested um you know in that you you can't really do a top down top down design of what society should look like it just um without without it becoming a totalitarian so i think that's a um, that's something that you'd I would want to not claim at all for the near future teaching project. So near future teaching was specifically about developing a values based vision. So it was about a, a set of big ideas that open up new potentials for different kinds of futures, but in a quite in quite a grounded way, because that this was a strategic kind of um, project of the university. So. In a way, I think near future teaching was much more aligned to this idea of utopia as the education of desire. Let's collectively work together as a community to understand how we might desire differently um, than it was about developing a, a blueprint for what the future of education should look like. So is it, the, is it in that sense then that you mean that this project is more political? The near future teaching one, yes, I think it was quite political, although we didn't frame it as it being particularly political. Uh, you know, we did do, we did review kind of, the kind of social, technical, economic and political kind of contexts of digital um, education as part of that work. But the project was a, it, it was really designed to be a kickstarter for conversation institutionally. 
it wasn't i mean it, it it started from a critical perspective but it wasn't um it, it it was about rating a new vision you know so i think the probably for that project the politics are more sort of implicit you know that that work had to appeal to a lot of different kinds of people from you know senior management to um to students to people in engineering to people in philosophy you know it had to appeal across disciplines and across across the whole university so it had to be framed quite carefully i mean it it is it is quite remarkable what you did because moving away from the idea of this blueprint you argue for a bottom-up in a way instead of a top-down way of creating these sort of agreements because it's not even a, a policy for the university but it's just a common agreement so how how would you say that process was felt or experienced by you and the team um i mean i think it was challenging i think to sort of do a piece of participative co-design across the whole university is quite challenging and the methodology we developed for that was you know, it was a combination of we ran lots of events and we got people to come to events to talk about, I don't know, blockchain or VR or um, exclusion or um, EDI or whatever, and then had conversations with them in those events about the future of digital education. So we did that. We also did um, lot, quite a lot of uh, Vox Pop type interviews with students and staff. We did reviews. We ran a you know, series of really intensive workshops with quite a large steering group which we worked with a, a future design agency on called and then who were brilliant at kind of structuring this active visioning when we come to came to the latter phases of the of the project so we had a sort of a multiple kind of multiply pronged methodology um and we did talk to a lot of people and it was it was it was fun as well as challenging um i think what we didn't do is apply a kind of um like an implementation plan to the project in some ways it might have been helpful to do that but like you say this was about creating a provocation you know it was about articulating a position um and informing vision and strategy development and i think it did do that for doing that can you maybe think or share with us some artifacts media tools uh that raise important questions or can contribute to our thinking of the future of education um yeah sure so um well i mean i guess everyone's talking about ai just now aren't they but and uh but there have always been these you know big so-called disruptors of the future of education you know i've been in my career long enough to remember web 2 and virtual worlds and MOOCs and, and then we had covid and now we've got ai um i think often with these things the issue is it's it's less about the tech, although you know it's not something the, something the tech is kind of pretty breathtaking. Um, it's often more about the context and the structures which which shape education and, and what we think education is for. So, for example, in the in the in the case of uh, Chat GPT, and you know I don't know what it's it's like at your university, but at ours, you know there are and I know at loads of others, there's a big conversation going on about. Um, academic misconduct and cheating and using GPT to generate essays and so on. And I think that conversation has been kickstarted by this technology, but actually sitting underneath it are a lot of structural issues um, that that kind of um, impact on that, on, on where we currently are with AI. You know, for example, high student numbers, precarious um, contracts, crushing workloads. It means that there's hardly ever time for academics to get this kind of familiarity with students writing that that you need to support good practice and we know that across the whole UK sector um, the volume of summative assessments being set is rising steadily over recent years as we kind of sort of performative culture within HE sort of intensifies um, and and now we have increased kind of attendance monitoring surveillance architectures are becoming more and more normalized 
and all of this is part of this kind of cultural performativity, the commodification of a student journey and the policing of misconduct to protect the exchange value of our degrees. You know, there are lots of really complex social and structural things sitting underneath this conversation about chat GPT that um, I think we need to be surfacing. And we are surfacing um, at the moment. So I think I think that's a, a really good one um, that we should continue to be talking about, but not just in terms of, you know, the conversation tends to be, how is how can we how can we design assessments to, that are chat GPT proof? Um, shouldn't we move back to closed book in person exams? Um, shouldn't we introduce further policing of uh, students assignments through things like Turnitin's GPT detector? Um, and those are the wrong conversations. The conversations should be how can this help us really think about what's wrong with the way we assess students and how we should change that and what. Um, and how we can make it more creative, more diverse, more authentic. So I think that's a really big one at the moment. To kind of further that discussion of alternative ways of thinking of the future and not kind of thinking it so situated with the current technological marvel that that, that broke the internet, right? But in your work, I I saw the these, these different tools that they sound, they might sound silly or, or or not as important, but there could be value there in stuff like, for example, these opinion cards or these scenarios uh, that you build to kind of, as you say, just to stir up the discussion and, and make people and help people think otherwise. Would you say that those kind of tools could also help contest this space for AI or whatever else technology comes in the future? Yeah, so I think the work, that work that you're referring to, to there is sort of um, part of another program of work that I'm doing here, particularly with uh, colleagues uh, Michael Gallagher and Jen Ross, um, which is a kind of spin out from near future teaching. So we developed some sort of speculative methods um, during near future teaching, which did use things like opinion card scenarios and and so on. And we've recently kind of um, created a new a new set of kind of higher education futures scenarios which are kind of focused on you know really on what might a good university look like in a context of complete climate disaster for example or in a context of complete kind of uh human machine kind of integration you know there's some sort of speculative um futures which that we which we can then use in conversations with um colleagues and students and public and others um to think about what the purpose and function of the university might be um, in these scenarios. So we'd have, uh, uh, probably my colleague Jen Ross would be a good person to talk to about, about this because she's just published a book on um, speculative methods and digital learning futures. Um, but we've kind of accompanied some of that work with um, storytelling, like writing of micro fictions, using other other forms of kind of representation of of knowledge to engage people with these kind of big ideas, and I think those we've been workshopping quite a lot with those, and they it, it, they work really well as a way of getting um, people to think differently about the future, maybe to desire differently. Yeah. In that sort of world of the of imagination, if you had the power to change something in education towards the future, towards this future that you envision, what would that be? Yeah, it's a good question. I think. I think the main, the most important thing would be changes in the political context. So, 
at the moment we're very locked down into a very sort of instrumentalized um functionalistic utilitarian model even in universities like like ours um and i think that needs a big shift so i suppose one obvious thing is that university schools with more funding across all sectors so more time for teachers to teach well um, more investment in teachers um i think we do need a kind of radical shift away from this kind of education as instrument ethos which has dominated the political scene for ages so you know this pro a program which starts by articulating what education is for in a wider sense than this kind of human capital model which i think really it still dominates our political imaginary anyway um, I think we need a massive rethink of assessment and its role across all sectors of education away from what is sort of very granular, overly heavy structures, which just make people miserable. You know, school kids and students, it creates immense stress, pressure, misery. And we need to kind of shift that way we think about sort of the assessment and measurement of students learning towards much more project led and authentic creative models, um, which actually create pleasure and joy for the students and for teachers. And I, and I think on the broader, in a broader sense, education probably needs to be less about mapping ourselves to the economic order and more about justice, reciprocity, uh, enrichment, creativity, growth, big ideas, limitlessness, if you like. Um, it's a big sort of value shift that I think is de is dependent on changes in, it, in the political context of education. Just as a wrap up, would you, would you like to send the message to our listeners about these education futures? What, what would you like to tell, to tell them like directly? Um, oh, that's quite, yeah, that's quite a tough one. I think, I think maybe the message would be to, we have to sort of hang in there, right? We have to keep um, imagining new models. We have to keep contesting models that aren't working. Um, we have to keep reimagining, rebuilding and just maintaining hope. Um, that things could be otherwise. Um, I think that would probably be my main message right now. Oh, thank you very much. I really, I really like that message, and I find it uh, very, very consistent. At least there's a quote from from the this 2021 paper that I really like. In the conclusion, if anybody out there wants to have a read at it, uh, which says that by defining and articulating a future we find desirable, we begin to build it, and I find this idea to be very inspiring and it's very coherent to what uh, you've been uh, telling us today so i i really appreciate and i thank you on behalf of the uh, listeners and myself this was this has been a really nice conversation great thanks philippe thanks so much for asking me yeah absolutely and i hope everybody out there just has a look at the project has a look at uh, uh sean's uh, futures projects and, and and every new interesting way in which they help us think about the future and this future that we find desirable so thanks again everyone thanks sean and we'll see each other again 